G'day, Dave here, and welcome back to Matthew chapter 4. Let's read from verse 12. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Once they left their nets and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now let me say, when I read the Gospels, I'm focused especially on Jesus. Now, who is he? What's he doing? What's he saying? What does he expect from me? Who's he with? What's going on in the circumstances? I'll tell you what I pay little attention to, and that is where Jesus is. But this is a big deal for Matthew, at least in this passage it is. Have a look again at verses 12 to 13. Count the place names. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Five places mentioned in quick succession, very deliberate. And Matthew gives us details, deliberate details. In fact, it's not just Matthew, it's Jesus himself, for there's an Old Testament background behind this. In verse 14, this is to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. You see, there's a connection between the prophecy back in Isaiah and what's going on now with Jesus. The place matters. The places matter. Now, we'll come back to this, but jump forward a little bit to the end of this section and you'll see again a number of different places. Verse 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people, News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all those who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Why all this focus on different locations? What's going on with this? Why is Matthew wanting us to see all of these different places that were impacted by Jesus? 
Well, many of our Bibles have maps at the back of them. If not, you could probably Google maps during the time of Jesus. And if you were to look up each of these place names, you'd see some things that are really quite interesting. You'd see Galilee to the northwest. You'd see the Decapolis to the northeast. Down further, Jerusalem and Judea to the southwest and beyond the Jordan to the southeast. In other words, as Jesus comes proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven, he's proclaiming a kingdom that will impact across the known world, to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Jesus' new kingdom will be beyond geographical boundaries, we'll see as we read on. Now that's the big picture, but I want to zoom in close because there's one name in particular, one place that gets our attention. You see it in a number of verses. Verse 12, when John had been put in prison, Jesus withdrew to Galilee. And then down further in verse 15, Galilee of the Gentiles. You see the Sea of Galilee mentioned in verse 18 and then verse 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee. And down in verse 25, large crowds came from Galilee to Jesus. See, why this focus on Galilee and quite specifically why is it described in Isaiah as Galilee of the Gentiles and what's Matthew doing by picking this up well there is a focus and we've seen it already on the Gentiles in Matthew's gospel you go back to the genealogy very Jewish a lineage through Abraham to David to the exile to Jesus but in that genealogy, there are a number of women who are mentioned standing out, not simply because they're women, but because most of them, at least if not all of them, are Gentiles. Here is Galilee of the Gentiles. And in chapter 2, when the people come to see Jesus, it's not the king of the Jews who wants to go and worship him. It's these magi from the Far East, from the nations, who come to bring worship and gifts to the king of the Jews. So why is the Messiah in Galilee? Why Galilee? Why not Bethlehem? Why not Jerusalem? Why not at the temple? Why not at the center of all of the religious activity of Israel? Why isn't he coming? Well, he is coming to fulfill the promises made to Israel. But the promises made to Israel were never just for Israel. God's plans and purposes, and you can read it right back in Abraham, were that Abraham would be the father of a great nation that would bless all nations. See, God isn't just focused on the people in Jerusalem or the people in Judea. He's not just gathering people from a certain race and, and descendancy from Abraham. He's gathering people from all over. And he starts in Galilee. Galilee, a place which was known for being lower class, multi-ethnic, a backwater, a Gentile province perhaps. Well, Matthew gives the answer why. And it's by quoting from Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verses 1 and 2, we read these words, Land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. See, Jesus comes to fulfill the promise in Isaiah 9. And you can read on in Isaiah 9 to verses 6 and 7. It will be the Messiah, the King, who will rule on God's throne, who's coming. But he's coming here to Galilee of the Gentiles. 
Now, I take that this is important for a number of reasons. One is Jesus is fulfilling scripture, as it is said. Secondly, if you are making up this account, then why would you have the Messiah come from a place like Galilee? It would be a little bit like saying a visiting dignitary came to Australia and came to Singleton instead of Sydney, or outback Cobar instead of Canberra. No, what you're dealing with here is something that hasn't been made up. It's something that has a long history, and that is being fulfilled. Furthermore, in the uh, discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls that took place near the Dead Sea uh, earlier in the 20th century, there was found a complete scroll of Isaiah. Now, the significant thing is that that scroll was dated BC, before Christ, and it includes this promise. So this isn't made up after the event. No, this is going on at the time of Jesus. It's being recorded for us. The promise was made way back then. And lastly, I think the most significant thing that we see here is what we're going to see again and again through this Gospel of Matthew, and that is God cares not just for Israel, but for the nations. Jesus has all authority over all nations, and he wants followers, disciples, to come from all nations. Now, we're going to see that at the end, but we see the beginnings here in this passage. Because from that time on, verse 17, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near or has come near. Notice it's the same message that John the Baptist was preaching uh, back in chapter 3. But now John has gone. He's been put into prison. And so Jesus withdraws to Galilee, but preaches the same message. Here's the message. Repent. Turn back to God. Why? Because God's kingdom is at hand. In fact, in Jesus, God's king is at hand. John is gone. Jesus comes to the fore. Get ready for the kingdom. And that's what we see Jesus doing. He starts to gather people. Verse 18, as he's walking by the Sea of Galilee, he sees two brothers. Uh, not only does Jesus come out of Galilee here, but his first followers are from Galilee. There is Peter and his brother Andrew. And they are casting a net into the lake because they're fishermen. What does Jesus say? Come, follow me. So what do they do? Repent. That is, they were casting nets and they turn around and they follow Jesus. And it says here, dramatically, at once, they left their nets and they followed him. They do it straight away. There's no umming and ahhing. There's no weighing up. What are the work conditions like? What will be the uh, superannuation? And is this going to look good on my CV? No, they just give up what they're doing and they follow Jesus. And going on from there, there are two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they're in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus calls them. And again, notice, immediately, Straight away, it's the same word as back in verse 20. Immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed Jesus. They turn around and they follow Christ. And Jesus is calling them, notice, to become fishers for people rather than fishers of fish. That is, they will be with Jesus gathering disciples. And so we get a taste of this. Jesus goes out through Galilee Verse 23, he's teaching in the synagogues. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He's healing every disease and sickness among the people. And the news spreads, spreads like wildfire. And people bring those who are in need to Jesus, the ill, those with diseases, people suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, 
people having seizures, the paralyzed, and he heals them. And crowds gather from everywhere and follow Jesus. Friends, here is a taste of what happens when the king comes. And it's a message for the broken, for those who've been so caught up with themselves, they forget their need for salvation. It's a word for you and for me that as Jesus calls, so we should follow. It doesn't matter whether we're religious or non-religious, whether we feel good or whether we know that we're evil. When you come face to face with the king, then you lay down your nets and you follow. There is nothing else to do. Here is Jesus, God's appointed Messiah. Here is the king. They bow and they follow. And they too will be making disciples. As an extraordinary, this gospel is for the whole world and still being told today, in 2020, even in a little coastal town called Bonnie Hills in New South Wales on the island of Australia.